Our journey through the Sermon on the Mount brings us to a peculiar passage, which is tempting for us to misunderstand. I mean, is Jesus really saying, keep your religion to yourself? I mean, on a certain level, that is exactly what it sounds like he's saying. Do not practice your piety in front of others. Pray in private. When you open your heart to your faith, close the door to the public. Let's admit how tempting it is to practice our faith in just that way. I mean, there's a part of us that would much rather have our faith be a private matter, not to be displayed or flaunted before others. As Linus Van Pelt once said to Charlie Brown, there are three things I've learned never to discuss with people, politics, religion, and the great pumpkin. Comedian George Carlin put it this way, religion is like a pair of shoes. Find a pair that fits for you, but don't make me wear your shoes. So we would love to be able to interpret Jesus' words in that way, wouldn't we? Except, is that really what Jesus is saying? Keep your religion to yourself? After all, in just the prior chapter, this was the very same Jesus who said, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't take your light and hide it under a bushel basket. That doesn't sound at all like Jesus is telling his disciples to hide their religious convictions or or keep their spiritual practices private. So which is it, Jesus? At the heart of this question is a critical spiritual principle that is important for us to get right if we're to follow Jesus with our whole selves. Let's remember, first of all, that in today's scripture reading, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees, the members of the religious establishment, uh, and the the gospel's go-to nemesis of Jesus. Time and again, especially in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus debated with the Pharisees on the issue of religious hypocrisy. Some of Jesus' fiercest indictments were leveled at the Pharisees because while they appeared pure and honorable and pious on the outside, on the inside, their hearts were impure. See, to Pharisees, right behavior was all that mattered. Looking pious on the outside, keeping the commandments in public view was their primary focus. But to Jesus... Right behavior was not the finish line. It was just the starting point. In last week's service, Sally preached on Matthew chapter 5, in which we heard Jesus take it to the Pharisees. You've heard it said you should not murder, Jesus said. But then he said that not murdering is just the starting line, not the finish line. You have to also watch your motivations, which people cannot see. It's not just about ending violence with a weapon. It's also about ending the violence in your heart and with your words and in the systems that produce that violence. You've heard it said you should not commit adultery, Jesus said. But then he he also said that committing adultery is just the starting line, not the finish line. You have to also watch your motivations, which people cannot see. It is just as bad if you objectify a person and dehumanize them for your own needs. You've heard it said you should love your neighbors and hate your enemies, Jesus said. But then he said that that was just the starting line, not the finish line. You have to also watch your motivations, which people cannot see. You have to see the humanity in other people, especially if they disagree with you, if their ideas make your skin crawl, and if their actions have hurt you. Yeah, holy behavior is important, but holy motivation is 
That's even more important. For Jesus, it is a question of authenticity. It is a matter of making sure that your good actions, your right works, your Christian deeds, all all external, all visible to others, come from a heart that is equally right and pure and just. Think about what it means to be a responsible operator of an automobile. To drive responsibly, you have to observe the speed limit, you have to avoid running through stop signs, and follow the rules of the road. But just following the rules is not the finish line. That alone is not enough. To be a responsible driver, you have to also be alert and awake and not be physically or mentally compromised. You have to make sure that your car is in decent working order and that you avoid distractions while you're driving. It is not enough to drive responsibly. You have to also be a responsible driver. And that's the point Jesus was making to the Pharisees and is making to all of us. It is not enough to practice holy behavior in keeping with God's commandments. You have to operate from a holy and pure heart and the kind of commitment that only you and God can see. And that's why in today's scripture reading from Matthew 6, he tells us that the surefire way to know whether we are operating from a heart and motivation that is pure is to pay attention to who we are in private when no one else can see us. One of my favorite stories that illustrates this point is one that I've shared before. One day in college, I walked back into my dorm apartment, and as I usually did, the first thing I did was check my answering machine. And there was only one message on the machine that day, and it went something like this. Beep. McGray, I saw what you did last night. Don't think no one saw you. Beep. It was a message that totally creeped me out. I replayed it over and over again, trying to figure out who it was that called. I didn't have caller ID, so I was, I was left to having to replay that message to figure out who it was from. And then I gave up, so I started replaying something else. I replayed the whole previous night in my mind. Every single action, every single place that I'd been, every, every word, every act, I replayed in my mind trying to figure out what it was that this person saw me do that was so bad. And after wrestling over it for some time, I, I came to the conclusion, I did nothing wrong that previous night. I was okay. I, I didn't do anything that I shouldn't have done. But the fact is, I also knew that if this call had come on certain other days of my life, my conscience wouldn't have been as clear. Well, as it turns out, the call came from my dearly beloved brother, who was trying to teach me the same lesson that someone had taught him with a similar object lesson. What you do and what you feel and what you think deep down inside in the private moments of your life truly matters. And though it be concealed from other people's view, it is of utmost importance to God. Matthew says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. That's Matthew chapter 5. But just in case there is any thought that only externalities matter to the disciples' life, Matthew also says that your private life matters too. That's Matthew chapter 6. 
In Jesus' mind, these, these are not mutually exclusive ideas. They are complementary. They are both necessary. So let me ask you this. If someone were to come to you and in a figurative way peel back your whole Christian facade, in other words, if someone were to look beyond the surface of your life, beyond the good works, beneath the external holy masks that we put on, what would they find? Would they find a heart that is as it should be? wholly devoted to Christ, in full relationship to God, purely intent on glorifying the Creator? Or would they find a heart that is self-seeking, not God-directed, but me-centered? For John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, the only way to know the answer to that question is to, quote, confide in God. That's the phrase he used in his booklet titled, Directions for Renewing Our Covenant with God. Confiding in God means spending time with God every day in the privacy of your own heart, confessing your sins, asking God to help make sure that both your behaviors and your motivations are right with God. I mean, Wesley said it pretty bluntly, pretty plainly, quote, consider what your sins are and examine whether you can resolve to avoid them all, even those that most cross your interests and corrupt inclinations as the rule of your life. Be sure, he said, you are clear in these matters. See that you don't lie to God. Those are striking words. Whether even your purest actions on the outside fail to match a heart that is pure on the inside, you are lying to God. And that's why Matthew 6 follows Matthew 5. If you want to make sure that your light shines for others to see, make sure you are pure in ways that no one else can see. So may this be your number one item on your to-do list every day. Every single day, confide in God. Spend time opening your heart, the rawness of your spirit, and disclose it to God. It means saying, look, God, I got so much stuff to do today, I'm going to have to wear a bunch of hats and jog around from one responsibility to the next, but I want to do my very best today to at least make sure I do one thing right, to be as close to you in every moment so that my actions match my motivations, so that my heart matches my hands. Please, God, help me do that. I know this is hard work. It's hard enough to do the right thing it's even harder to think and feel the right thing. But in this passage, Jesus offered this guarantee. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There is no greater reward in life than to live with peace in your heart, with integrity in your mind, and the assurance that comes only by a life lived with consistency. That is the finish line. That is the goal. And that is a blessed life indeed. Let's pray. God of hope and love, thank you for these challenging words from Jesus who calls us to live holy lives of integrity. Show us who we are when no one else is looking and reveal to us the parts of ourselves that only you can see. Help us to live with holy motivation and righteous behavior to guard our hearts and our minds and to live in love. In Jesus' name, amen.